Welcome to another Founded on Christ podcast. If you would like to share your thoughts and testimony with others, feel free to send something in to the Founded on Christ podcast at gmail.com. Thank you, Amanda. That's my wife, Amanda, who's gave us the intro for today. <laughs> and we have Colleen here. Hello. And we have Guy here with us as well. Hi. And uh, we have a podcast that we're going to be talking about, well, the Beatitudes specifically, but I'm going to uh, do my favorite thing, which is to throw it over to Colleen and let her uh, get us going. (laughs) And let me mumble. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, We wanted to start out with, obviously, the first verse. And um, we also wanted to let you know that in these Beatitudes, they are also found in Matthew 5. Um, yeah, and specifically you're reading from 3 Nephi 12. Right? Yes, I am reading in 3 Nephi 12. Um, but you can also follow along almost word for word. Not not quite, but um, in Matthew 5, mm-hmm. especially if you go to the uh, revised uh, JST, Joseph Smith translation, um, where he adds a few, maybe just two. Some um, clarifying words. Yeah. Like most JSTs do. Yeah. So, anyway... Um, so we're going to have Amanda do her job. <laughs> and Our read. designated reader. <laughs> and then um, I think after every um, blessed are ye, um, we're going to stop and maybe take a little time on each. So go ahead, Amanda. Okay, I'm starting halfway through verse 1. And behold, he stretched forth his hand unto the multitude, and cried unto them, saying... And, and, um, he's... He is Christ. Yep. He just came to the Nephites after his resurrection. Yep. So, there you go. Blessed are ye, if ye shall give heed unto the words of these twelve whom I have chosen from among you, to minister unto you, and to be your servants, and unto them I have given power, that they may baptize you with water, and after that ye are baptized with water. Behold, I will baptize you with fire and with the Holy Ghost." Therefore, blessed are ye, if ye shall believe in me, and be baptized. After that ye have seen me, and know that I am. Alright. So the first one in that verse was, Blessed are ye, if ye shall give heed unto the words of these twelve, whom I have chosen. So, what is your thoughts on that? (laughs) I think, uh... There is a pattern here where Christ is establishing that when he does have true messengers and when they do speak by the power of the Holy Ghost, that you can, that is counsel that you can trust and act upon when they are speaking by the power of the Holy Ghost. Um, that they, in their commission, should be teaching you to do the things which he then tells them that they will do, which is he gave them power that they can baptize you with water, and after you are baptized with water, behold, I, meaning Christ, will baptize you with fire and the Holy Ghost, which I think is also significant. We see this is one of those power verses where we see how this is established and just think about how baptism goes it, a person does the baptism, but Christ himself has to plead your case before the Father, and he is the one that baptizes you with the Holy Ghost. It doesn't happen when someone lays their hands on you and says, receive the Holy Ghost. This is something Christ has to do independently of that. And so he's, he's giving 
these people commission that if they are blessed enough to pay attention to the words of true servants, then the Lord, if they, they follow through and they, they do that with their action and with faith, then the Lord will follow through and baptize them with the fire and the Holy Ghost. And uh, they'll be blessed. They'll be, they will receive the next stage in their advancement with that. Awesome. I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing Guy has something to say because he... Perked up. He perked up and he's getting all ready, like his shoulders and moving his neck around. His, so. uh, his false doctor radar must have gone up while I was talking. <laughs> Something like that. So, anyway. I just have the thought go, if we go back a little bit, this is Christ appearing to the people in America. Now, you need we need to remember that. They really are blessed people, because they, the only thing that qualified them to see Christ at the time is the fact that they survived horrible things, and they were more righteous than the other people who didn't make it through those horrible things. Yeah, the land's it's yeah. been deeply cleansed. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't say they're righteous people. It just says they were more righteous than, than the people who were cleansed from the land. Yeah. So they, they had no great qualifications for being able to see the Lord. So they truly are blessed to be able to see him. And he said, and bless are, you know, the people who are going to hear about this from you they're going to be more blessed because they haven't seen me, but they're learning from you. So yeah. I thought that was interesting. I mean, each of us, we're kind of hard. I don't know about everybody, but I'm kind of hard on myself because, you know, I'm, I make mistakes. I do stuff. And, you know, a lot of times you feel unworthy. But you got to remember that here's thousands of people who they weren't necessarily qualified for the experience they're being given at this time. But in the Lord's grace and mercy, he appeared to them and gave us some of these amazing teachings and stuff that he is, you know, giving them. So, yeah. And I think all those that were saved, too... Um, he knew their hearts and he knew who they were and uh, probably a lot of them were very noble people like you know how Abraham had that vision of like he was amongst the noble uh, is it that what it was called yeah, the noble yeah. the noble and great ones the noble noble yeah, yeah. so <clears throat> I think those that were saved he knew their hearts, mm -hmm. and he knew that, obviously, this is the direction that they would be yeah. going. So, And to, to go along with that, uh, there's evidence to support, if you look at like the time dates and whatnot, that there was actually a large space of time from the destruction and all the cleansing of the land and, you know, basically the death of Christ when yeah. it happened. And this moment when he comes to them, there's some indication that it was as long as maybe a year. I think it that. even I think it even says somewhere in uh, yeah. there that it was a year. I can't I couldn't remember for sure, so I didn't want to. Yeah, because I remember that. I don't know where yeah. I heard it or if I read it in the scriptures. I think it says in the scriptures that it was the beginning of the thirty fourth year, so which in the we don't quite know when their time their timekeeping or whatever, but if it's along with the Jewish thing, the beginning of the year would be what, in April or May? Or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. But either way, they, they had time after to really start drawing unto the Lord. And like Colleen said, and, and Guy has mentioned that, the, you know, the more part of the wicked people were gone at this point. And so the only hindrance for them to serve God was their own desire, their own 
uh, I think they were um, very humbled by this point, too. Yes. <laughs> yes. And With their the, loss of everything. And there's the fact that they had all traveled, who knows how far they traveled, yes. to meet in the land of Bountiful, which I'm assuming because there was a temple there and they could... Yeah. It's probably around the Passover... You know the feast time where they're all meeting together for one of those feasts and at a temple, and they're all gathering together to, you know, celebrate. And I imagine that uh, they probably worked and labored on the temple, you know, to upkeep and repair from everything that happened. So I imagine as they were rebuilding the land the lord was building them so that when this moment came they were ready for this and and you'll see actually i mean we won't see tonight but if you read the scriptures you'll see that this promise that he gives to them is is held true they get baptized with the fire and the holy ghost yeah. further on because of how they commit to the process and they are baptized by water so yep right on. all right and the next blessed are ye in that right at the end is if ye shall believe in me and be baptized after that ye have seen me and know that I am. So that's a lot of faith. Yeah. Like if you believe in him then you be baptized. Yep. Well he starts off saying blessed are you if you believe in the words of these twelve right? Yeah. And then he said he's doesn't say you need to follow everything they say but the next thing he says is blessed are you for believing in me yeah yeah um i also want to say that blessed or blessed is there a certain way that we should be saying it Whichever. because i know that i've heard it both ways it depends on how intellectual you want to sound. Okay. Well, <laughs> it, but it, it's the same thing. <laughs> um, blessed or blessed, um, it actually means anointed of God. So remember that when we continue. So we'll go on to the next one, which is in verse 2. two. There's actually two, I think, in verse 2. Go on. And again, more blessed are they who shall believe in your words, because that ye shall testify that ye have seen me, and that ye know that I am. Yea, blessed are they who shall believe in your words, and come down into the depths of humility, and be baptized, for they shall be visited with fire, and with the Holy Ghost, and shall receive a remission of their sins. All right, so the first one, and that was the blessed are they who shall believe in your words. Yeah, so they're moving now from, from being taught, having a personal relationship with Christ, and then them going out and speaking to others and how they will be blessed. So he he's not only teaching them about what promises he has in store for them, he's also, there's a pattern of of how, how the gospel is perpetuated, right? You have people who are called servants, they teach to other people, they come, they come to believe Christ, they listen to his words, and then they go out and they do the same thing for other people. And, and, uh, and you know, both of these beliefs is, blessed are those that believe in your words, but they get there's different promises but in then each it one. says basically blessed are those who believe on your words but then it talks about bringing them unto him yes so that they can have their own relationship with him exactly but then at that point you know there's no middleman yep. yeah between <laughs> the lord and them because they came unto him yeah a true servant of the lord doesn't play intercessory. The yeah. true servant plays. He's, he just points the path. You know, <laughs> he makes introductions. Exactly. He's a he's a baptism on fire uh, broker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, technically, that would be the Lord. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and we also have to remember that 
not everybody is here in this meeting <laughs> that um, he's talking to the yeah, 12. Yeah, that's right. I, I mean, like, there's still other people around other than the 12. Yeah. But not everybody. Yeah. So that's why he's saying... Yeah, there's this, like, know, idea that the entire population of America was <laughs> right. here at the temple, right? Yeah. And uh, I think there's probably some indication that those who were spiritually prepared were the ones that were brought to this place at this time mm -hmm. and that they would have to go out and find, you know, the people who just weren't there at the moment and have yeah. to, like, hey, guess what you missed? <laughs> right? Well, he talks about how they, they were spared because they were the more righteous among them and then you have them even separated even more because they're actually the ones that survived who gathered yeah. together at the temple. Yeah. So, you know, kind of And as you you know smaller. As you read on past this experience, this is one of the few times in, in history where like real utopia is experienced. Law of consecration okay. is practiced and for a few generations everything goes really well. Yes. And you know, because it takes a few paragraphs to describe it in the Book of Mormon. <laughs> but so there, there's some indication that not only were they righteous in being there, but they fulfilled this commission that the Lord's giving them. I was going to say, not all the war chapters that are in. <laughs> how many chapters in yeah. Alma, you know? Yeah. And then we get a few paragraphs. They were great for a couple of generations. And then wickedness started to seep back in. Yep. <laughs> All right, and then the next one was receiving. Well, I guess yeah, we kind of covered it, but yeah, being visited with fire yeah. and with the Holy Ghost. Yeah, like like I said, first it's believing in your words, and then those words bring you to Christ. Yeah, and you receive the baptism and the fire, and those things are really representative of receiving Christ here in the flesh. Or there, those are more signs that you have been received. Yeah. Mm -hmm. as a disciple of Christ uh, and purified mm -hmm. alright verse 3 yea blessed are the poor in spirit who come unto me for theirs is the kingdom of heaven oh boy <laughs> well first in, in the other one right before this it talks about they need to be in the depths of humility mm-hmm and I think that that brings us to poor in spirit. Yeah. You know? And that's what, like, if you look up what that means, that's essentially, it's just saying those who don't think too highly of themselves, it's basically an admonition to beware of pride. So basically those who stay humble and continue mm -hmm. on the path, and that's the only way really to continue on the path is to stay humble, because once you get caught up in pride that's when that's when your progression is damned that's when you stop progressing because yeah. you get caught up in what you have received thus far yeah. I think a big part of that is realizing that you really have nothing that wasn't provided to you by the Lord yeah. um, I was reading in a book a while ago and something really struck me um, basically to the point he was talking about people know how people feel entitled mm -hmm. and there's so much of that in the world right now people feeling like they're entitled to everything yep. and but they were talking in this book I was reading and talking about entitlement and stuff like that and said the only thing along well it was along these lines the only thing you're really entitled to is life. You were born, therefore you're entitled to live. Mm -hmm. And then I was sitting, I was laying in bed and just pondering on this and, and praying and stuff, and the Lord kind of led me to the words of King Benjamin, where King Benjamin's talking and he's like, how no matter what we do, we're still unprofitable servants. Because, and then I thought about what they said, and it's like, you're only entitled to life. And even that, 
I thought, well, you're entitled to your first breath, right? Because you've earned that up to that point. But and Benjamin talks about how the Lord, you, the Lord has been providing for you. He's been lending you breath for your whole life. And he's provided people to care for you until the, up to the point where you can care for yourself. And something along the lines of, you know, and no matter how much you try and repay him, he'll immediately bless you and put you even further in debt. So there's no time you can ever really be out of debt to the Lord because no matter how much you try to do to repay him for all the many wonderful blessings you've been given, he'll immediately bless you again. Yep. And you can never pay it back. And I was just thinking along these lines and, you know, that's kind of what it is, I think, to be, what was the words? Poor in spirit. Poor in spirit is to realize that you've, you're nothing compared to compared to the Lord. You're poor in spirit. Realize that everything you have is a blessing from the Lord. And no matter what you do, mm -hmm. if he wants to take those things away, he can. Like Job. But yeah. I was thinking that. <laughs> but I mean, we're blessed. We come into this world and we have nothing besides being given life. And then the Lord, he, from our first breath, he's lending us breath from day to day, as, as King Benjamin said. And then he provides us with parents who feed us and sustain us and, and get us to the point where we can care for ourselves. Then once we care for ourselves and start to realize that we would have nothing without him and try in our meager ways to try and pay him back in some form or another, then immediately he blesses us even more. And, and that's something we need to realize is everything we have is a blessing from God. And in a, in a world such as this, where everybody feels like they're entitled to everything. Yep. I mean, being poor in spirit, isn't that kind of what it's about? Yeah. And he said, blessed are the poor in spirit for what? They shall yeah. yeah. Well, the poor in spirit who come unto me. Who come unto yeah, him. For yes. theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. yeah. And I want to say that I'm pretty sure that Christ and Heavenly Father didn't want to take those things away from Job. That those things were just for his growth in his spirit. Like, yeah. So, just wanted to add that little tidbit in yeah, there. They, because they, weren't, uh, they weren't picking <laughs> on him for fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm saying, they, they didn't... They didn't have the idea. It was actually Satan who came and is like, I want to do this. Yeah. And so they knew that that opportunity for Job to grow yep, would only... Growth. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Verse 4. And again, blessed are all they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. I love that one. <laughs> I love, so there's a couple different ways to take this, right? Um, I like to think, blessed are those that mourn. And I think of, uh, I think it's Alma giving the admonition to those that want to be baptized and, you know, mourn with those that need to be mourned with, right? And so there's one way of taking this where, blessed are those who go out to help other people, for they will be helped as well, right? But also... Uh, if you follow the the footnote here, the morning it talks about uh, it's Mormon talking about how he noticed that the people are mourning. There's a lamentation throughout the land. Now, unfortunately, in this particular moment, 
it's vain because the people are wicked and they're just mourning that they can't do wickedly. But I think the mourning it's talking about here is those who, because of their own sins or the the humbling, you know, the stumbling blocks maybe that, like Job, that this, that the Lord allows Satan to place before them, that they they supplicate up unto the Lord uh, for strength. They they lean upon Him. They ask Him. Then the Lord will help them and give them the strength they need. Uh, oftentimes, it's the the negative aspects of life that cause us to ascend the highest because we are we're petitioning to the Lord more earnestly than other times. Yeah. All right, five. And blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. I think some like I think it's neat sec, second Nephi, first Nephi. Somewhere in there where he has that vision and he sees the the Lord's people and there's only like a small remnant of them compared to everybody on the earth. Mm-hmm. And to me that seems like those are the only ones that are like meek, you know, that are ready to inherit, mm-hmm. you know. So that's what came to my mind Yeah. with that one. When you think of meek, what does that mean to you? Um, it's one of those shy. words. <laughs> okay. It's one of those words, like, it gets thrown a lot around a lot, and I think we kind of, like, have a feeling for it. But Maybe, like, shy to the worldly things and mm-hmm. more strong with the spiritual things okay perhaps yeah i'll take that um for me i think of i think of well there's like meek like a mouse right quiet Mm -hmm. and introspective but i think in this context going with like easily imposed upon or submissive right because uh, and i think you can equate meek with having a broken heart mm-hmm. and a contrite spirit. I think meek kind of sums up those two things kind of into one and saying that, so those who are easily entreated by the Lord, right? When he has a work for them to do, uh, those that are anxiously engaged in a good cause and, and their hearts are open that the Lord can easily, you know, ask them to do things and they're willing to do that. Those are the ones who will, who will inherit the earth. Those are the ones who will become the noble and great ones. Those are the ones who will, who will, not because they've earned it, but because God recognizes and sanctifies their sacrifice, he blesses them with the experiences of ascending and being in positions to help others. To like, like I say, said before, like, he knows their hearts. Yeah. And he knows what they'll, what they're going to do. Yeah. So, I I see Meek as somebody who's willing to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I mean That's you good. can sometimes we are under the impression that you know I can do this myself. I don't need I don't need anything. But if you're Meek, you're seeking for help. You're seeking for in this case the Lord. You're seeking for His counsel and wisdom and and his guidance rather than thinking that you got it, you know, you can do it. You don't need anybody. You can do it yourself. Yep. Yeah. All right. Next one. Six. And blessed are all they who do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to you, Colleen? Um... If you're not ready for it, I can go. Right. (laughs) Um, No, well, what came to my mind was um, I've uh, recently I've been having some struggles with discernment. And and it's not that I don't have discernment. (laughs) It's just that 
I don't know if the discernment I get is correct and is right. Yeah. And um, within a week's time, I was able to, like Guy has told me, I've been validated <laughs> because I received the, the right discernment about something. And I think I got that because I was filled with the Holy Ghost at that time to tell me that it was true and that specific thing was correct. And so um, that's just a little thing that, that popped into my head is because that's something that I've been searching for lately is to receive discernment and know that it is the true discernment, you know, like from the Lord okay. and not just me wanting to have it as true. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so anyway, but I felt when I was validated in this, that like this, the Holy ghost did fill me and, and had me know that it was true discernment that I was receiving at that point. Yeah. So. And I think I think it's fair to say that you hungered and thirsted after mm -hmm. that information, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you were earnest in that quest. Mm -hmm. I was thinking of another scripture, um, DNC fifty-eight, and I think this pretty much sums up what's being said here. Okay. But DNC fifty-eight twenty-six. And 27 it says for behold it is not meet that i should command in all things for the he that is compelled in all things the same is slothful and not a wise servant wherefore he receiveth no reward verily i say men should be anxiously engaged in a good cause and do many things of their own free will and bring to pass much righteousness so when i'm reading here Blessed are they who do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled with the Holy Ghost. To me, that says that these kind of experiences we're searching for, though I'm not going to put it outside of the Lord's will to just hand it to you when you need it, often require sacrifice and work. Um, they require you to be actively engaged in the process of receiving in order to get them. Um, and like the scripture said, if you're waiting and you're, you, you need to have the cattle prod, <laughs> you know, come up your rear end, uh, each time the Lord has something for you to do, you're, you're missing the point and you won't be filled with the Holy Ghost. But those that are anxiously engaged, those who like, I, I, I like to use brother Jared as a good example, brother Jared as a good example, because the Lord said, Hey, you got a problem, go figure it out. He went and thought about it. He worked on the problem. He found the stones. He molded them, right? He prepared them. And he went to Heavenly Father. He was like, hey, don't get angry. <laughs> but what about this solution? I think this could work, right? There was a hunger, right? There's a thirst yeah. there. Enos, crying out in the wilderness. He's, his whole soul hungered, right? And he prayed all day. Mm -hmm. And there's many different diverse kind of sacrifices that the Lord's servants have given but it's them anxiously seeking after it and and going to the Lord and saying, is this a sacrifice worthy that you want me to do? And then enacting that sacrifice and then they receive, yeah. you know, the, the Holy Ghost. Then they receive the fire, the baptism of fire, these, these ascension experiences. Like that. I think the very thought about hunger itself. I mean, what is hunger? It's physically... It's when basically our stomach is empty and we're, we're searching for and our bodies are needing nutrients to support it and stuff like that. And it's kind of the same thing is you feel this void and inside and you're trying to fill it. And a lot of people, they go try and fill it from wherever they can find it. The thing is that that void's still there and it doesn't get filled because it's not what they're 
what they're going and trying to fill it with is not mm-hmm. filling, you know? Yeah. I mean, for I think one of the main focuses of my life is learning because I've always been just fascinated by learning. I remember I was in second grade and my teacher had this box full of like scrap paper, like the old, old assignments that weren't used and they put it, she's put it in this box. And I remember I went over to her one time. He's like, can I have all these papers? And I was just obsessed. I don't know why obsessed with just getting that knowledge and understanding and like keeping it and mm-hmm. hoarding it. I don't, I don't know what really got me. I was just, I kept, I just kept stuff like that. Anything I could get my hands on, I just kept because I don't know. I felt like I was trying to fill something, something even that young. Mm-hmm. And for years, I've felt that hunger for something to learn something and you know it was always and the only thing I've ever found that actually filled that void was when I went to the Lord and and was seeking to be taught by him and then he'd lead me from place to place and then he'd lead me somewhere and and something that I learned there actually filled filled up that void for a while until until I grew a little bit and and then it was on to the next <laughs> I started feeling that void again and that was kind of like the Lord telling me okay time you learned what you could from that now it's time to move on to this to the next thing I have to teach you and then I'd feel that void again and I knew the only way I could you know, f- fill that void was being taught by the Lord yeah. and stuff like that. And that's, that's kind of what I see here. You know, you have that hunger. You have, you feel like you need to fill, fill that. You're hungering and thirsting. You're, you need it. Mm-hmm. And... It says, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, I mean, that's the only thing that can really fill this void, is the righteousness. And it says, it'll be filled with the Holy Ghost, right? The Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. That's how I kind of look at it, is you're hungering, you're thirsting, you're longing to fill this need. And when you do it a righteous way, then the Lord actually fills it with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Which I love that promise. Yeah. yeah. And I think the the more how to put this, the more pure and full of light the the things you hunger you know, you take in, uh, the more the worldly stuff doesn't fill it. <laughs> you know, it, exactly. the more you realize how much you were eating the sand hoping that it was sustenance and uh and you start to realize where like christ says where the source of true living waters really is Mm -hmm. okay seven and blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy all right it seems like straightforward right and it's they have the parable of the unforgiving servant who you know, gets forgiven a great debt, goes after his brother for a small debt, you know, and he's put into jail. Even though they both petitioned, you know, their lords, you know, the person over them the same way. I had the thought, and I was, you know, saw this one coming down the pike. I'm like, what if we get, you know, past this life? And the Lord says to you, I'll forgive you every, you know, I'll forgive you one sin for each one that you forgave someone else of. <laughs> how how interesting would that be and would you come out in favor or would you come out lacking in that deal not saying that that's how it works yeah but just you know a nice thought experiment mm-hmm. 
you know, the Lord's, and in, in a way he's kind of saying that here, but not directly, but basically those who want to receive mercy are those who know how to give it freely because that's what Christ does for us, right? Yeah. All right, eight. And blessed are all the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I know, along with my my past struggles and like with discernment and stuff, I've gotten to the point where I pray, especially the last few months, that I want to be able to discern with my heart mm-hmm. and not discern with my mind <laughs> because my mind is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, I think that was the focus and it still is the focus. Like a lot of times when I pray is help me have discernment and think with my heart and receive and be able to learn how to understand that feeling and discernment mm-hmm. and not have to worry about the all the worldly crazy things that are going on in my head. Hmm. I want to be able to to fill it with my heart. And so that's what I've been doing the last few months is trying to get better at that and you know asking the Lord for that. <laughs> yeah. And so that's what that reminded me of this blessed. I like heart. that. Like pure in heart in that your heart, like it desires the things of light more yeah. and is forsaken. Yeah. yeah like I feel like things. that is a good place to be is mm-hmm. my heart because the Lord always looks on your heart and yeah. he always knows what your heart wants and what your heart needs like that is everything to the lord is your heart and so i'm trying really hard to now like within the last three months i've been asking every time i pray for him to give me that to be able to have that discernment whenever something is given to me I can discern it with my heart and not my mind. Mm-hmm. And where it talks about being pure in heart, I think that goes a lot to like motivation and your intent to do something. Yeah. Because if you have a pure heart, your intent is pure, it's righteous. If you're, you have a, uh, if you're pure in heart, and you're seeking the Lord, then you're seeking the Lord because you love Him, not because you want power or I don't know what other what other motivations yeah. are there to seek the Lord. Yeah, but if you're just if, curiosity, <laughs> if you're pure in heart, you're seeking Him for the right reason, for the right intent, because you love Him, and not because you have other motivations, other desires that you're seeking him out for yeah and it says that those are the people those who have the pure heart who have the right intent those are the ones that shall see god yep because if if you don't have the right intent in seeking him if your heart isn't pure in that then he's not going to show himself to you yep yeah i was gonna say i I don't think this is just saying you'll see him at the end I think right. <laughs> I think this is actually a promise, you know, for I think this is alluding to a second comforter experience. Uh-huh. And uh I was thinking like with pure in heart, like what does it mean to be pure, right? And does any of us really have a pure heart? Like we're we're tr- striving for it, but the only time the only time your heart is pure is when it's been cleansed, right? When it's you know, it's when it's gone through the fire, it's gone through the fire. Right. (laughs) Or, you know, you've, and usually, you know, that's facilitates some sort of repentance. And so for me, in some way, this is saying, uh, those who continually repent in such a way that their heart continues to be made pure, despite the fact that they screw up, 
those are the ones that will get to see God because their heart will be continually purified to the point that it can be pure and be in a state where Heavenly Father can receive them. Yeah. Okay, nine. And blessed are all the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. <laughs> this, uh, when I see peacemakers... I always remember my nephew, one of my nephews, I should say, um, at his baby blessing. He is now 16, <laughs> but at his baby blessing, for some reason, I always remembered that um, he was going to be the peacemaker of the family. And like, truthfully, now that it's been years since that blessing, like he really is he's like he's headed in that direction like mm -hmm. he is a peacemaker he's such a happy kid and he loves everybody yeah. like he always you guys all know who i'm talking about yep but anyway <laughs> yeah <laughs> but anyway so that's what what i think when i see the peacemakers because Yeah. Yeah. I think, so I'm thinking like what makes a peacemaker and why are they, you know, why are they the children of God? And I think the conclusion I've kind of come to is that a uh, person who is a peacemaker, truly a peacemaker, uh, has a lot of the attributes that we associate with our Heavenly Father, right? They are, they are slower to judge. They are interested in people's intents they're interested in in understanding why people make the decisions that they make they're interested in trying to make connections between people and to to uh quiet down the contentions right by helping people come to understandings with one another they are not the ones that go out and make <laughs> the contention no yeah, they yeah. they're actively seeking to fight it, and but then and oftentimes I feel like that is done through understanding and through empathy and and uh, and striving to to bring people not necessarily to each other's side, but bring people to Christ's side, which from my experience usually means both parties in any sort of disputation need to bend their hearts both need to be broken in some degree and their necks need to be you know bent a little bit too so that they're willing to take correction yeah. so a peacemaker is in the process of doing that unifying hearts which is that's what god's in the business of doing right is unifying our hearts with his so that we can someday be like him mm -hmm. and i like how you said that that bringing people to christ because Christ truly is the source of peace. So peacemakers, I see as somebody who is leading people to Christ so they can get that peace. And, and you know, Satan is the father of contention. So mm -hmm. if you're leading people to Satan and, cause, and bringing contention, that's the other way. But if you're a peacemaker, you point people to Christ because that's the only place you can really get peace. Yeah. And what are they promised? Children of God. They shall be called the children of God. Yeah. All right. Ten. And blessed are all they who are persecuted for my name's sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Maybe read eleven. I would I would say just read eleven and twelve as well because I think yeah. these are all tied together. And blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely, for my sake. For ye shall have great joy and be exceedingly glad. For great shall be your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets who were before you. Yeah. Now, I think it's interesting. I never put this together before. 
we just talked about peacemakers, right? And those who are brokering like peace with each other. And now we're talking about persecution. And this is usually what happens when peace breaks down, right? And oftentimes the persecution happens to those who are trying to be the peacemakers. Uh, they usually are the ones that get the, the guns turned on them. So there's this interesting uh, uh, flip of the coin, right? As Christ is teaching this, moving to the other side. But there is, I think there's a beautiful promise here that essentially if, if you feel the Lord is telling you to do something and you're the only one who recognizes it, <laughs> and oftentimes what the Lord asks you to do will cause other people to, to become angry with you. Question. Yep. To, uh, to, to come after you that you can take solace in the fact that everything they do against you doesn't really matter because the kingdom of heaven has been promised to you. Uh, I think, I think, uh, one of the podcasts I listened to, uh, he, he talks about how, uh, he, he loves being like a, you know, a missionary for Christ. And, uh, you know, they always like, what, what, you know, what, what if they persecute you? They come after you. He's like, it's okay. I'm coming back. You know, like, I know that Christ has promised me that, you know, I will, I will, even if they can kill this body, right, that I'll be coming back. There's, there's the higher reward. There's not being afraid of men and what men can do, but taking peace and solace in Christ and his promises and, and in his instruction to you and following it through. Well, that's kind of like Job, right? I mean, he went through all this stuff and then... He finally says, you know, I know that my Redeemer lives. And though these worms destroy this body, I know that in the flesh I shall see God. It's like he was on the same thing. It's like, I mean, he was he was being persecuted, I guess you could say, by his, his friends who kept telling him, you know, you must have done something wrong or else you wouldn't be punished for this, you know. And, yeah. And stuff like that. Even his wife was telling him, you know, you need to just curse God and die, or, and stuff like yeah. that. And he was persecuted, but he, <laughs> but he got to the point. He's like, I know that my redeemer lives. It doesn't matter what happens to this body, because I know that I'll be, I'll be able to see him in the flesh. You know. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. I. There's very few people on this earth that I'd be willing to give my life for. And the Lord is the main one. I mean, there's family and stuff, but but very few other people, especially people in authority, you know, mm -hmm. the way the world is nowadays. I can't think of anybody in authority that I'd give my life for. Yeah. <laughs> but if it's for Christ, I'm, I'm right there. Yeah. But, yeah. And a little later on in the chapter in 14 and 16, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I give unto you to be the light of this people. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Therefore, let your light so shine before this people that they may see your, see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Yeah. You don't hide yourself. You don't keep things secret. <laughs> yep. You, you see the pattern of the prophets where they boldly declare the word of the Lord. They don't, they don't, uh, they, like Joseph said, I, I teach stronger doctrines in public than yeah. I do in private, right? Yeah. And I think, I was thinking about the, the section where it says, and, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. And though I think, like I'm trying to think of specific instances in the scriptures. I can't think of one coming to mind right now, but I feel like you really see this with Joseph. And it might be something that you uh, you don't really see until you are in the in the current dispensation with the prophet, where you see that they're falsely portrayed constantly because of how they're willing to be bold. For the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and I think uh, that's something we should expect for each one of us. You know, as yeah. we decide that we're going to pay attention when the Lord asks us to say something, 
we're probably going to get misrepresented in the public, uh, to our friends. And I know for me, maybe this, maybe I'm talking about this because this is, this is a pet peeve of mine ever since I was a kid. Anytime I got falsely accused of doing something I didn't do, (laughs) man, did it get my ire up. I would, I would, that was, that would get me going like nothing else. And was it your siblings that would, uh... Um... No, not really. <laughs> I think, you know, I think just like more in school or work mm-hmm. settings, when someone be like, hey, you really need to do this. I'm like, hey, that wasn't me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, and uh, it's a reminder that the atonement covers the the injustices that we innocently endure, right? That we have no cause to actually receive, but are given to us by the world. Yeah. Um, I wanted to hurry and skip to 22, and then I'll go back for with a couple of other ones. But <clears throat> it says, but I say unto you, kind of like what Curtis was talking about. But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother shall be in danger of his judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. And whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. I kind of liked that because that kind of went with what you were saying. Yeah. You know, even if somebody has stopped the traditions of certain things in their life because they've become traditions to them (laughs) and they need to change those others who are holding on to to those traditions are going to treat you pretty poorly. Some of them, you know, yeah. In fact, it's it's a pattern. It's what they know. Yes. You know, but when you start changing your traditions, I mean, they're traditions. Yeah. It's a pattern in the scriptures that when the Lord, either himself in his own ministry or his prophet, has them declare higher doctrine, it separates the wheats and the tares quicker and uh, usually with more commotion. (laughs) And that's when, yeah, this can really come out in force. Yep. Um, We're towards the end, but um, I want to read 19... And 20. And behold, I have given you the law and the commandments of my Father, that ye shall believe in me, and that ye shall repent of your sins, and come unto me with a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Behold, ye have the commandments before you, and the law is fulfilled. Therefore, come unto me, and be saved. For verily I say unto you, that except ye shall keep my commandments, which I have commanded you at this time, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Notice that he says, Law and the commandments of my Father. Um, And later on, if I can find it, Towards the end, in 46 and 47, he says, Therefore, those things which were of old time, which were under the law, in me are all fulfilled. Old things are done away, and all things have become new. Well, what we just went through were the beatitudes or the laws Mm -hmm. the new laws the new um commandments that the lord from his own mouth gave not to say that that the commandments that were given to moses are um, not there anymore. <laughs> yeah. These are just, I don't know the word. 
advanced. Advanced, yeah. <laughs> it's it's taking the Ten Commandments and applying them on a more in depth scale. Yeah, like newer, like I like forty six and forty seven say like this is the old stuff, the old times, <laughs> mm-hmm. and all that stuff's been fulfilled now. Mm-hmm. And so here's just some more things, you know, just to keep in mind. These are the new commandments. At least that's how I see it. So, anyway. So, yeah, I think I'll kind of start closing up. But uh, that's what I was thinking. And I've often, I have no no evidence to back this up, but I have often thought that when Moses first came out of the mountain, right, mm-hmm. and he had the quote-unquote higher law, and he smashed it, you know, against Israel because of what they were doing, and he had to go back and receive the lower law, Yeah, I've often thought that probably the higher law consisted, if not these exact words, wow. similar things. I think yeah. this is what these were as you basically you were saying these are the t- the ten commandments yeah. of the new and everlasting covenant which yeah. it says is uh like we read in 19 and 20 those that come with a broken heart and a contrite spirit and they have the the commandments for you and the law is fulfilled right well i mean if you look at it the nephites when he came they were all humbled and they were in a place where they didn't need to build them a golden calf to mm-hmm. worship, you know? Yeah. And so they were ready Yeah. to hear all these higher laws. Yeah, and, and thankfully because Nephi went back, they had the lower law. You know, they had the books of Moses. They had the Bible that they were built upon, and they lived that for as long as they did. And, and Nephi and... And Jacob and all them, they worked, they, they almost like played this in-between role for a while where they had the lower law, but they had given these, been given these higher experiences and they started preparing the people so that when Christ came with this higher law, they'd be prepared. But I really think this is almost like an ABCs mm-hmm. of how to offer up a broken heart and contrite spirit, which is the requirement that the Lord asks of us for baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost and second comforter experiences and then anything beyond that you know that we qualify for in this life it is to the degree that we apply these principles and as you look over them these are principles that take lifetimes to master it is not uh it's and it's the beauty of the gospel it's the beauty of christ it's easily said you can understand it quickly but the in-depth process is so far higher in degree of difficulty. You could spend lifetimes yeah. working on it. And uh, with that, uh, seek his face continually. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 What does God want to say? Nothing. <laughs> amen. Oh. Amen. <laughs> Amanda. <laughs> um, just in ending, I... I was actually thinking, like, to put the Ten Commandments next to the New Commandments, kind of, like, list them, like, kind of next to each other, or, you know, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Interesting. in similitude of each other, I guess. In relation to each in other. In relation? Yeah. Yeah. So, in my ending, I'm going to just go through one through ten, and, um... Maybe, like, if you wanted to, each individually, um, you can always go and kind of line these up, you know, and see the difference or the similarities of, you know, the Ten Commandments compared to these. But um, the first one is Believe His Servants. The second one is receive the covenant. Three, fully repent. Four, pray always. Five, obey revelation. Six, seek his will. Seven, charity. Eight, virtue. Nine, be a servant. 
and 10 endure to the end. So kind of look at those with all the Ten Commandments and be like, if, like what Curtis said, if these could have been the laws that Moses first brought down, look at how far <laughs> they have come. Because in the Ten Commandments, you know, it's like, honor your father and your mother, you know, like... Yeah basic things like that. I mean, they're not basic, but they're just they're there. easier to yeah. bite-sized. Yeah, easier <laughs> to understand and to do, right? Yeah. And so kind of look at them and compare if you'd like, but anyway. Um, I know that um, Christ is there and that all you need to do to receive answers is go to him directly. Don't put anybody in front of you or in between you and him because you're going to receive what you need from Christ And a truer, a, a truer form of that, anyway, I guess, than having it come secondhand. Um, and that's why, like I said earlier, I've been trying really hard to, to receive answers with my heart and discernment with my heart, um, because that just makes more sense to me than all the muddled things that <laughs> happen to be going on in my brain. So um, start trusting in the Lord more and receiving revelation directly from Him. And you can even try in your own way to receive answers through your heart. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.